Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Entrepreneurship in Developing Markets. I am here with my wonderful co-host, Lincoln. How's it going, man? Great. Glad to be here this today. Uh, it's an interesting week this week. What makes it so interesting? Well, it's an alignment of things here. So today, the day we're recording, which is Good Friday, also about the middle of Ramadan. Ramadan's about halfway over. It's the second day of Passover. It's Holy Week. Um, I thought maybe today we should talk about like faith and religion. Yeah. <laughs> Seems yeah. an auspicious time. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this topic of faith and religion just because I have uh, experienced it myself uh, growing up in um, a very religious uh, Nigerian household. Oh, yeah. uh, and Faith and religion is a big part of the developing mar uh, developing world, and I can speak for Nigeria itself. It's a pretty big part of Nigeria, so I'm really uh, looking forward to diving into this. So, well, you are uniquely qualified as a Nigerian to speak on this topic. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have my extreme views. Maybe uh, my extreme views on the topic is low is extreme because. I didn't like the 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 relationship that my parents had with their faith and just the forceful nature of it. But at the same time, I also understand that this is also probably something that their parents uh, instilled in them, and they're passing it on to me. Right, yeah. and like like most most Nigerians do things with great energy. And so <laughs> I imagine there was some momentum behind that. Yeah, we're, we're going to classify as great energy. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but, you know, faith and expressions of faith are much more common in the developing world than they would be in America or Europe. And so that's something we you should be ready for if you're coming out of one of those, one of these kind of staid cultures um, to be ready to, to, um, have it much more, more, much more at the forefront. <clears throat> How many uh, good names have you found in places like Ghana and, and uh, Liberia, Nigeria, like In God's Name Tire Shop or God First Tuck Shop or um, God, can't, can't Pass God written on the back of the minibus? <laughs> well, you are going to see it everywhere. You're going to see it in every, probably almost every restaurant that you go to, some variation, mm -hmm. some store, in the names of the people that you interact with. Shoot, my name means God-given in my uh -huh. native language, you know? So, and yeah, you're just, he's going to see it everywhere and it's going to be displayed because it's going to be displayed everywhere because it's such an integral part of daily life um, there compared to the U.S. And it's not just Christianity, right? So alhamdulillah and inshallah, if you don't know what those mean, you better figure it out. And um, and also, uh, when you if you're in West Africa and you're uh, doing some kind of a celebration, uh, you see somebody pouring an expensive drink on the ground. There's a reason for that, right? They're watering the ancestors and they're pouring a libation and um, so we need to make sure that we're we're ready for that, and we want to make sure as entrepreneurs that you're uh, not caught flat-footed. 
I believe it's going to be pretty hard not to be caught flat-footed, especially <laughs> with how much will come at you, especially if you your relationship with faith is a lot different, you know. And, right. If you're if you if it if you're uh, uptight about it, like everything in Africa, you just need to relax. <laughs> the good news is the tolerance of diversity and the expectation that there will be a lot of diversity is much higher, I think, in Africa than it is in, um, you know, North America, Europe. Um, there's much a lot made of religious tensions, especially between Muslims and and Christians, but mostly that's politics in my experience. Um, in personal relationships, I haven't ever experienced that. Have you? No, I don't think I've ever really experienced that in terms of personal relationship. Um, like you said, there's a significant amount of diversity. Um, and I think culturally, people are just used to diversity and it's embedded into just embedded into daily life. Like, for example, you take a look at a country like Nigeria, right? There's about, I think officially it's like over 500 different languages alone. Right. Right. And the amount of different tribes that exist within that country, that's got to be at least 200. Sure. And that, that alone, you know, we talk about diversity in the U.S., uh, but we talk about <laughs> it a lot of the terms in terms of just you know, uh, the skin color of people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but diversity in Africa is so much, um, it's, so, it's so much deep, it's so much deeper. And it's also, it's one of the bedrocks of civilization. So of course it's going to be significant amount of diversity, <laughs> diversity uh, yeah, in place. Sure. And, uh, so good to understand that and, and, uh, and participate in it. <clears throat> Don't be, and I, I would say maybe at this point that, you know, your, your uh, suggestion that people maybe need to relax or be ready for uh, faith being more part of their life. Also, it's a good opportunity to decide where you stand because people are going to ask you, are you Muslim? Are you Christian? And then if you're Christian, which brand are you, right? <laughs> and then, um, so you might want to be ready for that. Because probably the worst thing you could say is that you don't believe in anything. Oh, I've, I've had that. I've had that experience where I've actually communicated that. To, okay, how did it go? <laughs> to my team. Well, we were we were driving to. Oh yeah, we were driving to the movies, and so we we're just having a conversation. Uh, one of my team members, he's very um, devoted to his religion, and. There, we were just having casual conversations. You know, I, I like to call it like road trip ban banter where you just have conversations sure. about just every single thing that it does just either meaningful or meaningless. <laughs> right. Before it covers. And so we're having a conversation about, okay, oh, Donnenberry, like, oh, what um, what religion are you? Are you religious? And I'm like, you know, I, I would like to say that I am religious, but in all honesty, I now as I've grown, I also feel like my relationship with religion is a lot different than it was before. Because yeah, when I was 15, if you asked me that question, I would be like, I'm religious because I go to church. You know, that does right. not really equate to really truly understanding the belief systems um, that's associated with that, with that religion or um, living it, living it to the fullest um, and mm -hmm. really trying to live by the word of either that religion or that 
faith that you believe in. And so I was like, no, I'm not religious. I'm not religious. And, um, and I'm not, I'm not Christian. So I was with a bunch of, I was with a bunch of Christians and I'm like, oh, I'm mm. like, why? And they're like, oh, why? You know, don't you think you're going to go to, <laughs> you're going to go to hell? I'm like, how do you know? the? And then we started getting a little bit into like the politics because the, I think the politics of religion in, uh, in Africa play a huge role because of colonization. Right. And I'm like, well, mm -hmm. you're, you're Christian, but Christianity, um, is one of the religions that was introduced to a lot of people through the Europeans in that in Africa. So it's like, are you Christian or are you of a different faith? And now generations have gone by and you've now identified as that or what is so we just had this conversation. They're like, oh, we can't believe we can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> like, was this to Nigeria? Was this no, with this Nigerians? Was in, this was in Ghana. This was in Ghana. Oh, like Ghana the entire, yeah. Okay, the same, whole same difference. Yeah. yeah. This whole yeah. entire conversation was just a, it, it was just an eye opener for me in understanding. It was just good conversation, just understanding their beliefs around religion and also like how I communicate my beliefs and where I stand as well. And, you know, at the end, it was just us just having a good time and just exploring sure. each other's stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, I, I'm a very faithful Christian, and but one thing that I find really refreshing about Africa is that I can I get along probably better with my Muslim customers and, and colleagues than I do with my Christian Muslim uh, <laughs> colleagues and customers. Um, but one thing I find refreshing is that there's a lot of freedom of expression. And so it's don't be surprised if you have uh, a state sponsored, a government sponsored meeting that starts with a prayer. Or in a place like Zambia, a national day of fasting and prayer to help the economy. But that's, that's happened in the last few years. Or, and you can say and, and mean it, and everybody will understand and participate with you. You can say, so this is a real problem. What do you think God would have us do in this? What, what's the right thing to do? And everybody, Christians, Muslims, uh, whatever, will work together and, and understand that. So it can be a unifying thing as well. Yeah, just even... And that translates even to um, Africans um, that move to the states. There's no, mm -hmm. there's no meeting that takes place. You know, I, I used to have my parents uh, go to some of my parents' meetings where they have like their local like Nigerian like chapter of like people. Sure. You know, and there's no meeting that happens without a, a prayer that takes place, mm -hmm. right? Or like before sure. you eat, you know, there's a there's prayer that happens. So it's 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 very uh fascinating and i think yeah um for most of the, our listeners here that are probably going to be traveling from either the u.s or uh the western world i think their first introduction to religion is usually not even the, the people it's just the noise of churches <laughs> right <laughs> right i've got a funny story about that um we've brought a i've brought a lot of people to africa for their first time and we brought a team to tanzania among other countries to do some training and we put them up in a hotel and this is a 50 something year old professional uh, highly educated guy and at five o'clock in the morning he goes down and starts pounding on the desk at the front desk to say stop that noise what's that noise well he's in dar es salaam you're in stereo. There's five different calls to prayer going on at the same time as the sun, you know, before the sun comes up. He had no idea. 
I just thought that I mean, it sticks in my mind that somebody would have no idea that there was going to be a call to prayer, what it was. <laughs> so yes, please get educated a little bit before you go. Yeah. And also, a lot of noise. If, also, if you value your sleep, also make <laughs> sure when you're looking up the place that you stay at, that it's not next to a church. That's hard to avoid because there's a church on every single <laughs> quarter. <laughs> but I ran into this issue myself when um, I was traveling and we had an Airbnb right, right across the street from a church. And oh. every morning around um, 6 uh, a.m., you just hear the loudspeakers blurring with music and people, uh, people singing. And in the States, that would essentially be like a noise pollution, right? Where people <laughs> right. Like Somebody call, call the cops. <laughs> yeah, call the cops <laughs> <laughs> and get, the, get, get things shut down. But it was just an accept. Uh, it was just an accepted um, time where they could, they, it, you know, it was, it was, it was loud. It's not like it was just subtle and you barely heard it. Like, and you know, if once you start traveling um, to Africa, the buildings they're not what like the construction materials for the buildings are cement, cement based for a lot of places. So it's. For the most part, it has to be pretty loud <laughs> for <Yep. laughs> to get out. Yeah, but for, it is. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, man, yeah. I can't sleep. But after a while, you just get used to it. You know, for some reason, yeah. your your ears just like tune it out. I'm glad you shared that. I'm going to make my uh, shameless commercial plug here for my book because it's funny that that, that in I, I wrote a book a few years ago. It's called A Small Balance of Favors. Uh, we try to bring it up in this podcast once in a while. It's funny, but in that book, uh, the protagonist has exactly that experience. He rents a house and finds out on Sunday morning that he's right across from a house church that's just as noisy as the one that you're describing. So, but now, there's, there's one topic. Sorry to cut you off. There's there's one topic that I actually want to talk about that's important as as leaders, as entrepreneurs who are responsible for teams and you're looking to hire somebody. Like one thing that I had to learn myself is um, if you are working in, and you have team members that are Muslim and the month of Ramadan, which was is last started last month. It's going on right now. It's yeah. going on right now. I think you really need to consider um, and build your your projects around that a little bit because not that they um your team members deserve like special treatment or she treat them differently but i also think there's a it, it has a huge impact on productivity as mm -hmm. well because one thing i learned is i just wanted to understand for example sometimes i just do experiments with myself i wanted to understand what is it like to work a full-time job and actively practice ramadan i've I'm not, I'm not Muslim. So I, uh, of, of, of faith, but I wanted to, I wanted to see what, what impact it has on my productivity and how I thought about things. And, and let me tell you, you were it, by five o'clock. <laughs> and let me tell you, it is difficult. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, and I, and I give people, I give, I give people who actively practice it, uh, they actively go through Ramadan a lot of credit and it is up to you as a leader to understand that yes like I need to support my team members that are actively going through this for example 
I would, I would do it. And the hardest part wasn't really necessarily the hunger. It was the lack of water, like, yeah. uh, especially depending on, on the time of year, right? Yeah. Get it on phone yeah. calls and talking to 15, like <laughs> 10 people and you haven't had water the whole entire day. Your mouth is just so dry. <laughs> it's just yeah. so dry. And you're just like, and that exhausts you alone. So I think as leaders, sure. as entrepreneurs, um, responsible for people and you need to consider that as you do projects and plan things uh, to get the most in order to get the most out of your team. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm glad you brought it up. About, I don't know, a decade ago or more, probably more like 15 years ago, we got in this pattern of doing training conferences in Nigeria in the fall, the Northern Hemisphere fall, which was also corresponding with the time that Ramadan was at that time. It's a movable month, of course, but um and so we would have i i was training uh, there at the hotel and i'd have a group of students and then at lunchtime the free lunch sheraton hotel everybody'd scatter off to go get lunch at the buffet and all of my students uh, half of my students would still be sitting in their seats in the training room and so i said this isn't right i'm not going to lunch so I'd sit in there and we'd train during lunch <laughs> mm -hmm. i did uh, you know i did ramadan with them because uh, it just increased uh, the camaraderie and, and confidence a lot to see that somebody was willing to sacrifice with him. So I think your advice is really good. Okay, now should we uh, tackle the rest the of the part? iceberg? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the fun part that wasn't, yeah, I think, I think one of the big uh, culture shocks um, that you might get is once you people get comfortable with you and start discussing um, things around, which is another faith and belief system, is uh, around voodoo and witchcraft and how how big of a role that plays in a lot of different cultures, in particularly Africa, and 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 that can happen while you're Muslim and while you're Christian. Just yep. because you're, <laughs> people act like you're either one of the three, but you're not. Most people are still practicing animism and what we, the academics call animism. Yeah. Yeah. What has been your experience with uh, having to uh, figure that out or just having someone explain that to you and their belief system around it? And is it really a system or is it a set? Uh, so I lived in Cotonou. Mm -hmm. um, you know anything about Vodun, which was the predecessor to voodoo or animism that's the uh, the pope of Vodun lives in in benin about 15 20 miles from cotonou in the port of Ouida. Um, so i i had access to lots of uh, experiences and information about that um but <laughs> it's probably share with us <laughs> Oh, I, I'm not going to tell you all the stories. <laughs> this is a public forum. Uh, but, uh, fine, fine. <laughs> the, I, I, it came up yesterday. It came up yesterday. The conversation with a fellow who uh, talking to about, you know, going back to his home country in West Africa. And he says, well, I, I can't because there's this conflict with my family. And I said, well, those things can be resolved. No, you know, you don't understand. I'm like, oh, okay. That's what you're talking about. He says, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Um, so animism uh, technically is the belief that that things, uh, elements and animals and and plants have spirits and that those spirits have some power, and um, like probably 
everything, there's some truth to that. Um, and it's, you know, in the Western culture, it's seen as, oh, it's voodoo or it's witchcraft. Um, it's probably a little more complex than that. But what we need to know as professionals and as leaders, as you say, in business is that it affects people's decisions. And there's a lot of fear that can be generated um, because someone might do something to me if I cross them. Uh, I was working for the U.S. government and I was running a cultural center in Cotonou and the generator got lost. It went missing. Somebody stole it, in other words. <laughs> it didn't just go missing. And so I was, you know, going through my Western ways of conducting an, an investigation about this missing generator. And some members of my staff came to me and they said, Monsieur, we have another way of doing things. And you need to permit us to um, have a voyant, a, a seer, come and tell us who stole the generator. And I said, no, I can't let you do that on government property or on government time. They said, okay, we're going to do it at lunchtime. Or we're going to do it across the street under the tree. <laughs> and sure enough, every single one of them went over. And um, the voyant, with his boy who was helping him cast the fa and was supposed to read the fa, and... Um, and they came back mad because he had called out, he had accused someone who I didn't believe had done it. And she was mad that she'd been accused. And um, it's great uproar. No work got done for a couple of days while everybody pointed fingers at each other. And the generator was never found. And I eventually fired the guy who I thought stole it. <laughs> but um, that's just one of many stories about you cannot be oblivious to what people are believing and there's reasons for them to believe those things but i'm sure you've got some good examples for us yeah i have personal um examples so for me in my brief like time living in nigeria i i have seen some of like the rituals that uh take place and i grew up in a very christian household so you can believe in just like you said you can believe in uh, Christianity and also believe in this not I would like to call it ain't like more ancient or traditional um, form of either witchcraft voodoo whatever you want to call it and so now fast forward 20, 19 years later uh, I have a biz I have a business and we have team members in Phoenix Arizona um, this has nothing to do with it has a little bit to do with Africa but uh, we have team members in Arizona, and one of the big things that in the states uh, that's widely celebrated is Halloween, <laughs> right? <laughs> Halloween right. is widely okay. celebrated as it's become very commercialized. Um, oh yeah. man, you gotta dress up as you gotta dress up as this, and you gotta, um, and you can be a ghost, and you can be a witch. All these, all these things, right? But to me, it's a so, holiday that I always try to spend in Africa because I don't like it in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to me, there's like our team members are like, oh, so what are we doing for like Halloween? And you, and I, and I'm, we're trying uh, to build a great workplace. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything for Halloween. <laughs> you know, I'm not doing anything for Halloween. <laughs> I'm not a, like, in my, but I'm like, I can't tell them that, like, yo, like, I actually believe in these, like, which, like there's like I consider Halloween like witchcraft, you know, and right. a form of 
a form of voodoo, but there's like, oh, you know, like there's a lot of great scary uh, movies we can watch and we can all dress up for work. And I'm like, nah, we're not doing that at all. And everybody's like, Donovan, you're being a buzzkill. But this is something <laughs> that, you know, I've, I've seen, I've seen it and like, I've seen, and I, and I do believe to a certain extent, like the spiritual side of all of these things that, that you, like you said, there's some truth to it. And so I don't take, I don't take it lightly, even, um, now 20 25 years removed uh from uh nigeria and not living in nigeria anymore so that has been my like my personal experience uh with this and even to this day when it comes to something like like a scary like a scary movie i'm like i'm not watching that you know not because i'm like scared of of the movie i'm just like there's a spiritual component that i don't want to introduce into my mind related a scary movie that I consider witchcraft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think that's a very, I totally understand, but, but I guess a lot of Americans would. <laughs> they, yeah. They, a lot of people wouldn't. They're like, why, why, you know, they always ask me like, well, I'm like, I'm not watching that, you know? <laughs> so just, just to say, just the influence of animalistic beliefs that I still have, uh, within me that plays a role in how um, I interact with different things that just seem like norms and in, um, in the states. And I think that it's a good lesson for us as um, Americans to recognize that um, there's more, well, let me put it this way. One thing I often say is when you see someone doing something that you don't understand, you can have a couple of choices. You could say, well, that person's crazy because they're doing something that I don't understand. Or maybe that person believes something or knows something that I don't know. <laughs> and um, I think that's maybe what you're getting at there with the, uh, there's, it's an opportunity for us as we go into these countries and cultures to uh, recognize that there's more to it maybe than, than we recognize. Um, so I would say main takeaways that uh, I would offer to someone uh, is first educate yourself. Don't be that guy that doesn't know what the call to prayer is. <laughs> and especially these days with the internet, it's so easy. You don't even have to work up the courage to ask somebody. But then second, don't be afraid to engage and to learn because if you will talk to people, um, they'll be happy to talk to you about it mostly. And they'll be interested that you're interested and it will improve your relationship with them and you'll learn a lot more about them. And then third, I would say, uh, observe how faith affects decisions and efforts. Um, one time in, in Cotonou, I hired a crew to uh, do some renovations and I hired another guy who was a specialist to go in and help them. And he came back and said, no, he wouldn't work with them. And I said, I'm really paying you really well and I've given you work. Why can you not go work with these people? He says, oh no, you don't know those people. He said, they will do something to me. He said, they'll, you know, they'll, uh, what he was telling me in French was that they're going to do something through Vodun to mess him up because they were going to be jealous. To me, it was totally illogical that he would walk away from work. And, uh, but for him, it was, it was deadly serious. So it helps to know why people are making the decisions they're making. And then I guess, last of all, Maybe what we're saying, Donovan, is that faith has power. Um, 
And so find out where your faith lies and, and what you believe. So when your colleagues ask you, you're ready to give them an answer. <laughs> so that about wraps up uh, this episode. If you love this episode of entrepreneurship in developing markets, please make sure to give us a great review on your favorite podcast listening app and to leave us a comment. And until next time, we'll see you later. All right.